you? Who influences and inspires you in your practice? Um, and when we were talking about this and we were planning this conversation, we actually, when we unpicked it, we discovered it's not necessarily who, but often it's more of a what influences you, isn't it? Um, and, and from your point of view in early years, you've got some big influences. Oh, we've got some great big influences in early years. But one of the ones I absolutely love is um, Frobel. But this podcast isn't going to be about Frobel, but we couldn't do what influences or who influences you without talking about him. So and I, I'm, laugh, I'm laughing because we joke that you're probably obsessed, probably, properly. Oh, that was a hard one. <laughs> with a mug with his face on so I haven't got a grill cover with his face on but I think he's just awesome in the fact that you know we were talking about in the 1700s he had some fantastic ideas and look how long ago that was and look where we could be now if we listened to all of his ideas you know children and seedlings of nature and kindergartens and oh just honestly he's just so inspirational he really is but today we wanted to really talk about sort of what inspires us in our practice what both inspires both of us in our practice and for me it's um the Reggio Emilia approach really um that makes a huge difference to our practice and we were chatting about this before and and laughing I thought I've got it I've just got to be honest with everybody when I started in early years about 25 years ago Reggio Emilia was talking was spoken about and I thought it was I thought it was a person I was thinking no I've got to be honest that's what you know I I thought it was a person I was like you know oh what a lovely name and like and actually you know why wouldn't I think that if I hadn't learned anything about the approach? So, so I do know it's an approach now, and it's a, it's an awesome approach, and it, it's fantastic. It's really, really good. So, what are the main what are the main sort of um, what are the main messages of that approach? What are the main sort of what's the main ethos I suppose that you then can transfer into your setting? I think the main ethos really is about children being lifelong learners but confident lifelong learners and learning through um, a process that's built upon with practitioners that observe and enable children's voices so so um, lots of people have heard about the hundred sort of languages of children and that's really how the child's giving you the message so how how you're observing that child which way can they give you that message you know they can take photographs they can do um, creative projects with like sort of clay whatever whatever they want to make with the clay and how that builds on it they can gesture they can acknowledge they can write there's just just how is the child talking to you and we don't mean just verbally it's the whole whole child's holistic communication and for me especially working with you Beth, that that doubly influences the practice so we've got our thriving language approach and quality interactions and then we've got the reggio approach of you know let's really understand children so i think it's probably the main thing about understanding that child and it being the, the top point being it is a process it is not an end product it is and a you, process you say that a lot don't you? you say that a lot of our courses but you, you talk about that in a very practical sense so like in, in specific activities so like you always say like your example of going to forest school you, sometimes you don't even make it to forest school do you because no. the process of getting there creates other learning opportunities and the children are engaged in what's happening in the moment and that's their learning experience yeah and it's not it's not that you could say oh you know like we've said before it's not 
a free for all. It's a really dedicated way of teaching and a dedicated way of education. And what you need is you need your community on board with it and you need the community to understand how children are enabled and how children learn so that we're building we're building more of a community and a society we're not going to, okay this is this this one child we want this one child to reach this this and this target we're saying how does this how is this child going to influence the world how is this child going to be part of society how is this child going to be part of their own community and feel that they are valued and that is the key point that child's ideas should be valued they can be they can be professionally challenged in a really good way and prov provocation can be put in and things. It's not like, oh, that child's right about everything. It's like, oh, actually, let, let's put some more science behind this. Let's understand this a little bit more and what where that child's thinking is coming from. And then you provocate. So, so for me, that's really, really important because I don't want to impart knowledge i feel that the, that the child is already born ready willing and able to learn and actually that i can learn equally just as much from that child so each child that comes through will teach me something that i didn't know so it's a rich learning environment for everybody so yeah and it links very nicely with, again something else that we you're afraid that we use a lot or a question whose agenda is it yeah um, uh, because again it's you know you talk about that don't you when you with your planning and, and it's like really really thinking and unpicking and looking for the rationale for why you're doing what you're doing it's, it's you've, yeah you've always got to think why you're doing what you're doing and i think a really good starting point if you're going to be regio um approach inspired is to sort of think what do you believe about children what do you believe how do you believe that children learn and that's probably a really good starting place to that'd unpick be a, it that'd be a really good question to raise either in like a supervision or in like a staff meeting or team yeah. meeting actually because it's probably something you you might not have asked your colleagues um and actually it'd be really good to try and unpick are we all thinking along the same lines and if not that's fine but how can we Sort of work together how does it marry and then if you've got that approach yeah. if you've decided that yes we're going to go be regio inspired we're going to have that approach then actually you can all research separately you can all research together but you know where you're starting from because actually if if somebody works we all work alongside each other we know that we might have had all, all had different upbringings but actually what do we believe now how how do we believe we're going to teach and why do we believe that what is the difference we want to make in the world and how are we going to teach that um, and i mean what well, and it sounds, it sounds like a daft question but why does that matter what do you know why do we need to know i mean i think i totally agree but <laughs> if you were selling that to, to a team you know why does that matter that we know what we believe about children because we are professionals we're not just coming in and we're not just going okay well we're we're not we're not babysitters you know there's nothing yeah. wrong with babysitters but that's not that's not what we decided to do we decided to educate and we have the most immense um, privilege of teaching children in their most formative years where we are building children's brains so that is not a thing that we take lightly we really need to know where we're coming from with this because you know yeah. I don't want to influence a child in the wrong way you know yeah. and like we always say about holding that power and having that power shift you know I need to ensure that, that we've got an equal power, that we actually, we we all respect each other and that's how we respect society um, and sort of, that's how we build communities, isn't it? We're communities of respect. So. And again, with things that are going on in the world right now, it's, it's 
so important that we create that understanding and compassion and kindness as early and as young as possible, really. Oh, it totally is, isn't it? Anyway, what influences you? Who influences you? Oh, I'm not going to sound half as passionate as you know. I bet you do. But it is slightly different in the speech therapy world. And, you know, when when you train to be a speech therapist, you have have to go off and do your degree. And you learn about the theorists behind language acquisition and language development and you can find that information out there um but really when you're when you're actually in practice and you're doing your therapy it's more about seeing what works and that sounds it sounds a little bit sort of vague but it's not it's it's looking at therapy techniques that have been tried reviewed um Mm. and you know and critiqued and it's using that information and that research so you know, evidence-based practice is something that we we employ and is something that we're encouraged to do. And that could be evidence from a a large-scale research project, but it can also be your own evidence. So, you know what, I tried that with that child just to see if it works, and it did. So I wonder, will that work on another child with similar symptoms? Um, And if it does, okay, so I'm, I'm building up my own trend and creating my own research here. So, it's, so we, we're sort of active researchers with every child that we work with. So do you um, then build up like a, a bank of research, you know, new research and old research that you go, yes. okay, I've tried yeah. this, that yeah, didn't we, work. Yeah, and we, we share that with each other within, you know, within my NHS role with the team. Again, we do a lot of CPD and we share ideas and information. But also, we, you know, there are really some, some very active researchers in the speech therapy world who create brilliant websites that we can access that, you know, that review therapy approaches. And they, right, have, okay. they give us the evidence of, of, you know, the right population to use that technique with and, and who that works with and where, where things haven't worked. So, yeah, we have to we have to be very mindful that we don't just, and it's the same in early years, we don't just do the same thing because that's what we were trained mm, to do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, you have to, and I, you know, I've been speech therapying for like 20 years now. So you have to make sure that you're not just stuck in, well, I did that 20 years ago and it works. So I'm going to keep them, stick with what I know. You have to constantly look at what's changing. So would you say it's, it's very much the unique child approach? Like every, yeah. ca- every case is, is different, isn't it? Every. Yeah, it is. So if I have a child that can't say a s sound and then I have another child that can't say a s sound, I'm kind of going to say, right, I know that that technique should work for both children. Yeah. But the way I deliver the therapy could be completely different based on that child. So I've got in my head, I know what I need to do to change the sound. But that little boy loves playing with cars. That little boy loves sitting at a table playing tabletop games. So I'm going to approach it in a very different way based on the child's interest. So would you say it's very much about being open-minded with a growth mindset knowing what the research is so so really that's what it's quite similar isn't it in a way the yeah, fact those yeah, are, those are, oh, yeah and that's quite funny because we hadn't really thought about that in that way have we? but actually having that understanding that each child is unique you can try some of the same sort of things but actually you can also watch their journey in a totally different way so and also I think that was a really good point you meant, made about not being stuck in what you did 20 because if I was stuck what I did 25 years ago I would still think Reggio Emilia was the person rather than yeah rather than a a district in Italy so it's probably a really good place to finish actually so (laughs) nice to speak to you bye there